Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to those of you who are visiting with us this morning. At the end of a season, in the upper levels of a sport, things really aren't done because there's all kinds of meetings and getting together behind the scenes, planning, looking at personnel, getting ready for next year. God's enemies don't really take a break either. They're constantly plotting behind the scenes, working to oppose the Lord and his people. But that's one of the reasons why we as God's people gather together. We come together for boldness in opposition. We'll hear more about that in our worship service this morning as we follow along with the worship folder or what's projected on the screen. They're both in the same place. And so we'll begin with our opening hymn, 708. to my heart to 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your Son to proclaim your kingdom and teach with authority. Anoint us with the power of your Spirit that we too may bring good news to the afflicted, bind up the brokenhearted, and proclaim liberty to the captive. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. be seated for our scripture lessons. In our first lesson from Isaiah chapter 61, we hear the prophecy which Jesus fulfilled in the gospel lesson for today. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated, they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. This is the word of our God. We continue with the medley.
In our second lesson today from Acts chapter 4, the disciples had been going and telling the good news, just as we heard sung about. But they were being threatened and told to stop. So the believers gathered and prayed to the Lord, make us bolder and bolder in sharing the good news. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of our God. Alleluia. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the people. Alleluia. Please stand. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 4. In these words we hear Jesus, the anointed one, the Christ, anointed to be our great prophet, bringing God's word to people. Even in the face of opposition, Jesus continued to preach. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy at the time of Elisha the prophet, Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, 
drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceed from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn, 384.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today, the second lesson from Acts 4. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Your hands and your legs, they start to tremble and shake a little bit. Your stomach twists around in knots. Your mouth starts getting really dry, and you just want to run away as fast as you can. We all face intimidating situations in life. For some people, it's public speaking, getting up in front of a group and talking to them. For others, maybe it's a teenager asking a girl out on a date for the first time. Or playing your first game on a varsity sport with students that are older than you and have been playing for longer than you have. Maybe it's a job interview. Or talking to a family member, confronting them about a bunch of pain that they've been causing in the family lately. Or having a difficult conversation with a spouse or a parent about treatment options. So many situations in life where we would rather shrink back and shy away and not have to deal with it. But it's really a time for boldness. That's what the disciples were going through, the believers in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 4, as they faced threats to their faith. You and I face threats to our faith as well, but we are not alone. We have all the support that we need in a time for boldness. As we pray and as we proclaim. Peter and John had gone to the temple and they had healed a man who was lame, unable to walk. By the power of Jesus' name, they healed him. And they boldly spoke to all the onlookers, all the other people there at the temple, Put your trust in Jesus. It's by him that this miracle has happened. God raised him from the dead. Yet the priests and the Sadducees did not like hearing that. They seized Peter and John, put them in prison overnight, and the next day they hauled them in for questioning, together with Annas and Caiaphas, as well as the other priests and Sadducees. They questioned Peter and John. And they threatened them and they told them, no more teaching about Jesus. No more talk about the resurrection. Now those Jewish leaders had made threats before. Before they had put Jesus to death, they threatened that anyone who acknowledged Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. There were some Jewish leaders who put their faith in Jesus Yet even they were too afraid to say anything about it. And then the Jewish leaders handed Jesus over and caused great suffering and handed him over to be put to death. When the Jewish leaders threatened people, they weren't just empty threats. You and I face threats as well. Threats as believers, threats as God's people, And sometimes those threats are more direct. People who openly talk against the Lord and his anointed one 
or tell us to just be quiet about it, stay quiet. Sometimes those threats come from leaders within visible churches here. Leaders within visible churches that band together and take their stand against the Lord and his anointed one, denying the resurrection or proclaiming salvation by works instead of by grace alone through faith, or exchanging ancient truths from the scriptures for more updated, current ideas. Yet sometimes those threats are more subtle. Threats to our faith. Subtle threats. It's the attitude and the influence of those around us to try to get us to think too, well, your goodness is good enough. No need to strive after Christ's righteousness to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first. My time is really more important than time with God. Or getting us to prioritize all the different things, chasing after things around us instead of the one thing needful. Or simply spending time with people who are completely mute about Christ's teachings and resurrection, we can tend to start doing the same. And we shrink back, and we shy away, and we get timid. But with no teaching of Christ, and with no talk of Christ's resurrection, we are dead. Peter and John, they didn't flee Jerusalem or go and hide in a closet somewhere. They went back. They went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They went back to their own people. People who shared the same faith and the same struggles and the same hopes and the same strength that they had. You have that too. You have that right here with God's people. People who are bought by Jesus' blood, who belong to the Lord, and you belong among them. People that can come to you and find support in their threats that they face to their faith. And you can find support with them too. Among your own people, God's people. That's why we gather together Every opportunity we get. Now, when Peter and John came back and reported everything to the other believers there, they didn't march straight to the governor and lodge a complaint. They didn't file a lawsuit against the Jewish leaders. Instead, they appealed to a higher authority, to the sovereign Lord himself. And they lifted up their voices in prayer together. That word for together has the idea of one mind and with united purpose. That's really what prayer among believers is. It's an expression of unity, unity that's based on God's word. Did you notice the believer's prayer? The believer's prayer there wasn't just, well, here's how I'm feeling about this, and here's what I think you should do, God. Their prayer was based on and flowed from the works and the words and the will of the Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord, you created the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that's in it. And they went to Psalm 2. The kings of the earth and the rulers, 
They band together against the Lord and his anointed one. The peoples and the nations, they plot against the Lord and rage against him too. Yet all of that is useless. Even when Pontius Pilate and Herod got together, when the Romans and the Jewish leaders and the Jewish people all called for Jesus to be crucified, God's purposes were carried out there. God is not working the wickedness, but God's purposes prevail. His purposes prevail in spite of evil actions, in spite of the timidity of other people. And it's those purposes that prevailed on Good Friday. What God had foretold back in Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 came to pass so that there at the cross, as Jesus poured out his blood and sacrificed himself for the sins of the world, all of our timidity, all of our shyness and shrinking back has been covered. In Christ, God's anointed one, you and I can approach the Lord with freedom and confidence in all boldness. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Go to the sovereign Lord in prayer boldly. Gather together in prayer, together with your fellow believers who support you. Look to the Lord boldly for that ultimate support. Now is a time for boldness as we go to the Lord in prayer. It's also a time to proclaim. Notice the believers didn't ask the Lord to stop the persecution. They didn't ask the Lord to put a different government in place that would be more favorable to their cause. The believers didn't start plotting a rebellion of their own. No, they said, Lord, Help us to proclaim your word boldly. That's really what the book of Acts is all about. Jesus, the anointed one, the Christ, our great prophet, even as he ascended into heaven, he is still working through his church to proclaim God's word to others. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's what happened. That good news that Jesus came to proclaim reverberated throughout the Mediterranean area from continent to continent and across the oceans. That good news spread. And after the disciples had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. When Jesus preached in the synagogue in Nazareth, he said, God has anointed me with the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news for the poor, freedom for the captives, and recovery of sight for the blind. It is that same Holy Spirit that God poured out on the disciples on Pentecost and poured out on you generously in your baptism. It is by that Holy Spirit that you and I can declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. It is that Holy Spirit, even in times of persecution when Christianity is unpopular, who enables you and me to give an answer for the hope that we have and to do so with gentleness and respect. That Holy Spirit speaks to you and me through God's word so that we have an answer and we can speak it boldly.
Now is a time for boldness to proclaim God's word. This section of Acts 4 doesn't tell us exactly how God answered their prayer to stretch out his hand and heal and work miracles and signs and wonders by the power of Jesus' name. But as you read through the next few chapters of Acts, you see that the Lord did grant that request. People brought to the disciples all who were sick and troubled by unclean spirits, and they were healed. The Lord sent angels to release Peter and the other disciples from prison. The Lord, even by the power of Jesus' name, enabled Peter to raise someone from the dead, a woman, a believer named Tabitha. God granted that prayer and provided those miracles to confirm his word at that time. God still can work miracles today. But he does work miracles. As we proclaim the power of Jesus' name, the good news that Jesus came to bring, the Lord takes people who were dead in sin and raises them to spiritual life. The Lord takes people who were blind and enables them to see what really matters most in life. The Lord takes enemies and makes them into willing servants. He did that for Paul, and he still does that for people who gather together and rage and plot against the Lord and his anointed one. All as we proclaim the powerful name of Jesus. So as your hands and legs begin to shake and stomach twists into knots and mouth gets dry and you just want to run away, don't. Stand firm. Be bold. Gather together with God's people. Bring bold prayers to the Lord, the sovereign Lord who is over all and owns all. And be bold to proclaim the name of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins that he won for us at the cross. God grant it for Jesus' sake, because now is a time for boldness. Amen. And please stand. Tell me the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the Create in Me. Let us pray. Jesus, you have been anointed by the Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor. Give us that same Holy Spirit that we might proclaim the gospel to those around us. Be with your people all around the world who face threats of all kinds to keep silent. Help us to support each other to be bold in you. 
Holy Spirit, we praise you for the washing of rebirth and renewal given to Joanna Bromstead later this morning. Help her to rejoice in her baptism. Help her parents to raise her in your word and keep her close to Christ all her days. Heavenly Father, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We praise you for the gifts that you have given us to serve you and to support the spread of the gospel. Please bless our congregation and the information that we hear this morning and the decisions we make next weekend in line with your will to carry out ministry in our area. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. Amen.